Merry Christmas, everyone. Come on now, what an exciting season and time. And so look at your neighbor right now and say, you looking mighty fine today. Come on. Come on, mighty fine. Because you know, that's what happens at Christmas. You got to kind of get dressed up. I mean, Faye Miller is in the green suit down here. Faye, you are looking mighty fine. Come on now. In fact, why don't you guys say that with me? Say, Faye, you're looking mighty fine. Ready? One, two, three. Come on, Faye. Looking mighty fine in that green suit already because it's Christmas. Come on. You know, my kids are trying to get me to uh, open up our Christmas presents a little early. Anyone else in the house? Like, that's what your kids are trying to do? Yeah, so they've been trying to, like, coerce me into it. So Gabe had surgery this past week on his hand. When he was younger, he had burned his hand on an iron, and so he had a lot of scar tissue that built up, so they went in and removed all the scar tissue and then took, basically ripped all the, his palm open, and then, and then they took a skin graft from his leg and put the new skin on and everything, and, and so he's, he's been in that. So he even tried using the card on me of, Dad, I just got out of surgery. You got to... <laughs> come on, don't you love your son? And I said, I do, and you're not getting a present. I'm not going to cave. It doesn't work. And, uh, but all of us, you know, have these different moments because it's tis the season. Now, I, I do wonder how many of you, though, are pro-rappers. Like, you are a pro-Christmas present rapper. Come on, raise your hand and raise it proud. Come on, raise it. All right, all right. Yeah. There's a few of you. Look around for you last-minute shoppers right here. Here's, here's the people you want to talk to after the gathering and say, hey, would you, would you wrap a present? Uh, I was at lunch yesterday with, with uh, some friends, and we were celebrating someone's birthday, and, and uh, we were sitting around the table, and one of the discussion pieces came up is that one of the couples, when they had first got married, every time she would go to wrap a gift, she would feel very intimidated if she was wrapping the gift for her mother-in-law. And the reason is, is because her sister-in-law, or anyways, don't, don't correct it right now. The, the story, they, they, have no, they have no idea the details I'm going to wreck. So, but she, was, uh, she would literally cry because her, her sister-in-law would wrap gifts. Now, not just wrap them perfectly, but she, in the words of her husband yesterday, said that, he said she would put ferns on them. She put nuts on them. I mean, like garland, the whole works. Like these things look like they came out of Martha Stewart magazine. And so the pressure was just so intense in there. And uh, so she said when we first got married, I would just, I would basically like freeze up because it just seemed so intimidating in those moments. But, but can I just say... Uh, for many of us, it's not so much what the gift looks like. In fact, when we get gifts that look so wonderful like that, I don't even know what to do with them. I'm like, how do I open it? What do I do? Like, and my kids, they don't care. When my kids get the gift, what do you think they do? They rip right into it. It doesn't matter how many bows and ribbons Kasha's put on it. I mean, they just, they rip right into that thing because they're interested on in what's on the inside versus the things that are around them. And tis the season, Really, it's tis the season to receive. You know, our church has been in the midst of many different seasons right now. We've been doing a ton of work downstairs in the lower level, and I just want to give you a quick update. Things are moving along really at a rapid, rapid speed. We've had a ton of people coming in this week, 
helping by pulling up carpet, um, all these different things from electrical. I mean, like, it is moving along, and we're really, really excited about how, how it's taking shape. There is a ton of space down there, and we can't wait to see it filled with, with kids and, and filled with uh, people just encountering God's presence. And, and can I just say, uh, Bethany, we've got a lot of kid space. And so when we get this thing all remodeled, you're going to have to bring a lot of kids. And a lot of you are going to have to serve down in there. Because we need your help and be a part of those things. But man, it's just great to see the different seasons that we're in as a church. Maybe you're in a season yourself. We're in a season where Jordan is home from college. That's a new season for us. My parents are kind of living with us because my dad's been helping with a bunch of things at the church. And so it's just like, yeah, he's doing a great job. You Give my dad a big hand right now. But Ecclesiastes chapter 3 has been our key verse throughout this whole entire series. It says, for everything there is a season. For everything. For everything in your life. For everything you're facing. For the struggles. For the mountaintop experiences to the valleys. For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. Listen, you are not walking through any season alone. You're not walking through any season by yourself. No, God desires to walk with you in the midst of every season, in the midst of everything that you're facing. And I would say this, that tis the season to receive. Tis the season to receive. And, and I know for some of us in this room here today, you're really good at giving, but you have a hard time receiving. You know how I know that? Because I talk to you. I'll see people try to give you a gift or do a random act of kindness or something for you, and you're like, I'll do it for others, but it's really hard for you to receive. Now, by the definition of the word receive, it, it stands for this, to accept, to permit to enter, to come into possession of, or to act as a receptacle or a container for. Now, now I want you to think about that for a minute. I want you to think about yourself as a receptacle for God. God has things he wants you to receive, but some of us are closed off to what he has. In fact, in, in a lot of our lives, what we would look at is we would see that that. If we were to really dig down deep and to begin to really explore the question, are you a receiver, what we would find is, is that you're a receiver to a certain degree. But for many of us, we have this closed off part of our lives where we don't want to receive because we, we, I don't know, maybe different things. Maybe you don't think you're good enough to receive something. Maybe you think that there's other people around you who need something more than you. Maybe for you, you just have a hard time accepting gifts from others. Now, I'm not talking about just presence under a tree. I'm talking about acts of kindness. I'm talking about receiving the peace of the Lord during this season. Some of us are struggling with depression right now, and part of it could be, not all of it, but maybe part of it is, is that we're struggling because we think that this is just our cross to bear, our burden to bear. It's just, it's just a part of this season. Can I just remind you of something that, that the joy of the Lord is your strength? The joy of the Lord. Not the depression, not the heaviness. And no, no, the joy of the Lord is your strength. And sometimes we need to remind ourselves of that when we get up in the morning and say, the joy of the Lord is my strength today. Today, the Lord, I need your joy. And so, Father, give me a smile on my face. Do you know what happens when you smile? 
In fact, try it right now. Some of you, this is going to break through. Something is going to break through. Your face is going to go to a position it hasn't been in quite a long time. So right now, here we go. Just, just bring those cheeks up. Just, just let them rise. Come on, and just let a smile come out. Just a little smile. It just changes everything, a smile. Now, Mark Ayers, when he was over here killing that guitar, and he was just killing it, he was not smiling. Sometimes I look at Mark and I'm like, Mark, smile. Mark, smile. But he is so intense over there on that. And he's over there. And then you got Pastor Scott who's over here and he's just like, he's just smiling. Because he's like, he's got the hard part and I get to, I get to sit in here and, and Mark's just killing it. But I'm telling you, a smile changes things. Joy changes things. You and I as followers of Christ should be the most joyful, excited, party animals of anywhere. And guess what? You don't need no, no other substance to make you have a good time. You and I can be the biggest party animals ever just because we have a relationship with the Lord. Listen, you've been saved from much. Ephesians talks about it. says, for the grace, it is for by grace that you have been saved. Saved. Come on. That's what we celebrated in communion today, a moment where we've been saved. Our lives have been changed. And it happens through faith. And it's not in yourself. It's not something you earn. It's not something you do. It is actually a gift. It's a gift of God. Not by works so that no one can boast. Listen, God has freely given you and I a gift. Why would he give you and I a gift? Well, it goes on to say this. For you are God's workmanship. That means he created you, planned your life purposefully, gave you gifts, has good things in store for you. But the question boils down to, are you willing to receive what God has for you? Are you willing to accept the gift that God has? Because God loves all. He came to seek and to save all that were lost. Not just a few, not just a select, all. That means each and every one of us. So what would happen in life if everyone received the gift of God? Well, what would happen is, is their lives would be completely changed. They'd be set free from sin and from the shackles of it, and they'd no longer be this, that same old person walking around. No, they'd be different. Because why? Because you're God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance as a way of life. Listen, it is the season to receive See, some of us are really good at giving, but we're horrible at receiving. Maybe because you think you're not good enough. Maybe because you think you don't deserve it. Maybe because you think someone else needs it more than you. The list could go on and on of the reasons why you are not a good receiver. But sometimes what happens is, is we miss the receiving because we try to complicate things. Can I just tell you, the gospel is simple. It's not a complicated message. It's not something that you got to go to Bible college your whole life to understand. It's not something you have to dig in. No, it's, it's a very simple message. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The gift 
that God is giving to you and me simply has to be received. When you receive Christ into your life, he changes everything. When you ask him to be Lord of your life, when you ask him to forgive your sins, what happens in that moment is everything changes. The message of Christ is simple. Jesus always took complicated truths and made them simple. He lived a simple life, got into the world as a baby. He didn't do it with pomp or, or, you know, like craziness. No, he was born in a stable to a young girl. He didn't come as a conqueror, though he would conquer death itself. He didn't come as a king, though he's king of kings and lord of lords. He didn't come as wealthy or rich, though his family owns everything. No, 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 nothing elaborate, nothing crazy. No, he, he chose to become one of you and me. He came as a baby, born to mean parents. Mean like don't have a lot of money, not mean. <laughs> a stable, the lowest of low, a moment that would determine the future condition of mankind, a moment that would change your life and change my life, and hopefully change the lives of our family and those around us. God chose a simple way of showing us extravagant, extravagant love. The message has been for each and every one of us. Tis the season to receive. Because why? For the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. A simple but life-changing phrase right there. That he came to seek and to save that which is lost. Anyone ever at one point in time in your life been lost before? Come on, as followers of Christ, there was a moment where we recognized that we were lost. And it was in that moment of recognizing we were lost where we received the greatest gift. Tis the season to receive. I love how Max Lucado writes it in, in his book, um, God Came Near. He said, that particular moment was like no other. He said, for through that segment of time, a spectacular thing occurred. God became man. While the creatures of earth walked unaware, div, um, divinity arrived. Heaven opened herself and placed her most precious one in a human womb. The omnipotent, in one instant, made himself breakable. He who had been spirit became pierceable. He who was larger than the universe became an embryo. And he who sustains the world with a word chose to be dependent upon the nourishment of a young girl, Mary. God as a fetus, holiness sleeping in a womb, the creator of life being created. God came near. God came near for you and me. Tis the season to receive. Some simple principles this morning that I want to share with you about this idea of receiving. In fact, if today you're struggling with receiving, maybe these things that I'll share with you will actually help you in positioning yourself to be in a place of receiving better. The first is this, is it's for you and I to be present. We must be present. We must be present. We must change our posture. We must not be afraid to ask, and we must stay focused. You see, these are huge pieces for you and for me to stay focused, to not be afraid to ask, to change our posture, and to be present. 
Think about this for a moment this morning. Let's look at this first one, be present. You're here in this room today. You're present. You're listening to me right now, engaging in that moment, or you're not. In fact, look at your neighbor and say, be present. Wake him up. I know it's a little warm in here today. Be present. Be present in the moment. Sometimes what happens in the Christmas season is is that we get so busy, we get going so much that we're not present in the moment. Ever been there before? Ever sat there in a Christmas party, sat around in, in a living room of family and friends, and really you were there, but you weren't present? Throughout the entire Christmas story, we see individuals who were challenged with the idea to be present. One of those is found in Luke chapter 2, verse 18. It's the townspeople. It says this, that all who heard it wondered at the things they were told by the shepherds. See, the shepherds had encountered um, the angels who had said that Jesus was born. They went to see him. They go around telling everyone about it. But here's the thing I want to focus in on is that there was only some who were actually present. Because it says this, all who heard it wondered at the things, but it implies that there were some who didn't hear. There were some who weren't present in the moment. There were some who weren't engaged in what was happening around them. They didn't hear it. They didn't hear what was happening, even though the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords had been born right there among them in their city. But yet they missed it. They weren't present in the moment. This translation here where it says, and all who heard it wondered, some of the translations say this, they were amazed, they were astonished, they were filled with wonder. The word that was being used here um, of wondered really means this, to inspire action. There were people who were inspired to action. They were present in the moment, but there were many others who weren't. You see, for many of us, we could be in a moment this season where we could actually not be present. And can I challenge you, be present. This Christmas season, be present. Be in the moments. Every moment when a present's being opened around you, be present in that moment. Every song that's being sung around you, be present in that moment. Maybe just sitting there with your family and nothing's even happening. Be present in the moment. Be intentional with your presence this year because there could be things that could be happening around you that you could miss out on because you're not present in the moment. There were some who heard what the shepherds were saying. They were present. There were others who were not, who didn't hear, who didn't get the good news. For many of us here, we could be not present. But I want to challenge you to be present. The next is this, is I want to challenge you to change your posture. To change your posture. What what do I mean by that? Well, if you're going to receive something, you got to change the posture of how you're going to receive it. If someone was to throw a ball at me right now, and my hands were in my pocket, what would happen? I'd just get hit with a ball. Right? I'd I'd get hit. Because my posture is not in a posture of receiving. Some of us, this is how we go through the Christmas season. Hands in pocket, to our side, And we're not expecting to receive anything. God has all these good things in store for you and I, but our posture with him is one of like this. I'm I'm not expecting anything to come my way. Nothing good could come. Man, this year's been horrible. I just can't wait for this year to get over. 
Man, I just, I just, I just wish that, that life would just hurry up and get to 2019. 2019 should be a better year because this year stinks. And there's nothing good that's coming my way. And we put our hands in our pockets and we take a posture of not receiving. Versus if I knew you were going to throw something at me, then the posture would be this. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready for you to, to, I'm ready to receive whatever you have. Now you think about a young child, a young child who's looking for nourishment, a young child who's looking for something from their parent. What is their posture? It's like this. They're reaching up. They're reaching up for that moment. I was sitting uh, in lunch yesterday with, with different couples, and, and one of the couple's kid was sitting there at the end, and, and he was just, you could tell it was a longer day, and, and he was, wasn't really having all of it, you know, and, and so he kept reaching up to mom, and, and then mom would go and try to put him in a seat, and then he would kind of just reach back, no, mom, 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 and just wanted mom, wanted mom, wanted that moment for mom to receive him. His posture was one of wanting to be received. His posture of one was, mom, acknowledge me in this moment. What's funny, by the end of the meal, he ended up taking his shirt off, and we were sitting there in the restaurant with his shirt off. It was, it was awesome. <laughs> Literally, naked, naked baby inside of the... It, it, was, it was awesome. But, but some of us need to change our posture. You need to get yourself in a place of being ready to receive. There were some in this Christmas story, they were the shepherds. They had a change of posture that happened in their life. In fact, in Luke chapter 2, verse 16, we read about it. It says this, so they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. In the Christmas story, what we see is the angels have pronounced to them that Jesus has been born. And so what do they do? Do they stay in the fields? with their hands in their pockets. Wow, that's great, fantastic, that's awesome. Th thanks for the light show, angels, that was, that was great. Good song. No, they changed their posture. They're not just standing out there in the field with staffs in their hands and just saying, well, I'm just gonna keep doing the same old thing. No, they changed their posture and the scriptures tell us this, is that they hurry off and found Mary and Joseph. Now, have you ever thought about this? They had to find Mary and Joseph. It wasn't like there was this angel who was like, left, right, right, okay, go straight, 10 paces straight ahead. No, they had to find, find them. They had to change their posture. They had to go from staying in the field taking care of the things that they knew they needed to take care of. No, they left all that behind. They changed their posture to be a, a posture of receiving. They wanted to encounter Jesus firsthand. You and I got to change our posture. But in order to do that, we've got to be ready to receive. Hands out, ready for the moment. Philippians chapter 1, verse 20, Paul says it this way. He says, I live in eager expectation while I'm going through all these trials. Paul, Paul was like, listen, in the midst of all the trials, in the midst of, of shipwrecked and being beaten, being stoned, all these different trials that come against him, he's like, listen, in the midst of all of that, I'm still changing my posture to be a posture of eager expectation. I'm expecting God to move. Listen, some of you are in the midst of a trial right now. Change your posture. 
Get, get out of, well, nothing ever good happens. Stop being the Eeyore. Stop being Eeyore. Tweet that today. What'd you get from church today? Pastor Brian said, stop being Eeyore. Change your posture. Change your posture. The shepherds did it. Allow your life to be interrupted. Change your posture. See, athletes, they know this. They know that the winning edge on any team many times has to do with the posture they take, the attitude that they take towards the things that are around us. Do you know that Muhammad Ali only lost two fights in his lifetime, and there's one thing that was in common in all those fights that Muhammad Ali fought, and that was this. In the um, press conference prior to both of those fights, he said this, now if I lose this fight, and it's the only times that he ever said, now if I lose, what was Muhammad Ali doing? He was putting himself in a posture through the words he was speaking of defeat. Some of us need to change our posture. David went out to fight Goliath. And everyone else had their hands in their pockets on the battlefield, on the sidelines, letting Goliath come out every day and mock their God. And they all sat there afraid. They all sat there like thinking that there's no way we could win. But David comes in and he changes his posture. He doesn't just sit on the sidelines with his hands in his pocket. David comes in and he's like, what? Who is messing with my God? What, what is, what are you guys doing? You're going to let him talk about God this way? Like, are you serious? Guys, change your posture. We're scared. We can't do it. Fine, if you won't do it, I'll do it. I'll take him out. Because no one is going to allow my posture to be a posture of defeat. When I'm called to be a winner. Listen, you are a winner in Christ. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Listen, no matter what you're facing, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Greater is he that is in you than any sickness. Greater is he that is in you than any financial worry. Greater is he that is in you than any relationship that's broken. Greater is he that is in you than anything else. You have overcome. You got to change your posture. You want to receive? Tis the season to receive. You want to be in a place where you can receive? Then you've got to change your posture. Ever notice how a child is always reaching out? Why is a child always reaching? Because he's changing his posture. He's saying, please pick me up. Please take me in. Please, I need something. Romans 8, 28 says this, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. You know what children have a way of doing? They have a way of putting themselves in a posture to receive something. Sometimes it drives you crazy, doesn't it? Milk, 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 milk. Not giving you any milk. Milk, milk. They put themselves in a posture till you cave. Can I tell you, preschool parents, be strong. Because greater is he that is in you than that child that's in front of you. Be strong. Sometimes it is. L listen, I know they try to wear you down. Choose your battles correctly, okay? Not everything needs to be a battle. But when you do choose to engage in the battle, stick firm to the battle plan. 
Parenting 101, I'm telling you. The problem with most of our kids today is because they never had parents who actually held to what they said. Listen, if mom says no, mom means no. We had in our home first-time obedience with our kids. Everyone's always like, your kids are so great. It's because when they were little, we did all the stinking hard work. And now we enjoy it. You're right. And people are like, man, your kids are awesome. We're like, yeah. But you know what? When they were little, they were hellions. <laughs> Not hellions. That's a bad word. But they're just, I don't want to say that about them. But, but we just, we just, we held to it. And we would tell them, first-time obedience. It doesn't, it, we don't, there isn't one, two, three. Nah, we don't do that. It's one. Mama said, daddy said. That's it. You don't get to two, you don't get to three, you don't get to four, nothing. Because the problem is, is you keep counting. You think something's going to change. You're up, you're up to like a hundred. And they're like, mom and dad don't really mean it. They don't, they don't mean it. That has nothing to do with the message. But someone needed to hear that today. Here's the next one. Don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid to ask. Listen, you want to put yourself in a place of receiving? Tis the season to receive? Then don't be afraid to ask. Some of us, we're, we, 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 it's pride that has built in our hearts and our lives. We don't want to ask the Lord for things. We don't want to ask other people around us to help us. We, we don't want to ask. And it's not, it, it's pride. I, I don't want anyone to know the need I have in my life. It's pride in your life. Can I just tell you, release the pride. Don't be afraid to ask. Now Mary, she's one of the main characters in the, in the Christmas story, right? She's the one who gives birth to Jesus. But when Mary first encounters an angel, and the angel says to her, listen, Mary, uh, crazy news, you're going to be pregnant. Mary's response is not a response of, oh, wow, okay, fantastic, let's do this. No, what Mary models for us is, Mary models for us that it's okay to actually ask questions. Mary asks a question in that moment. It says this. Um, the virgin's name was Mary, in verse 28. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary. You found favor in God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you shall call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. He will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Can you imagine this moment unfolding? Like, an angel is telling you all these things. But look what Mary does. Verse 34. How will this be? Mary asked. Since I'm a virgin. She's like, God, this doesn't make sense. Can I tell you, when the doctors tell you that the, that the report is, is this, it's like one of the doctors said, I think you have cancer on your legs. And so then I go and I get everything tested out and I can stand in front of you this morning and say, no, nah, no cancer on my legs. Yeah. Doctor can say, hey, Pastor Brian, I think you got some heart challenges and some things there. No, no, no heart challenges there. Come on. 
Can I just tell you, don't be afraid to ask. Mary, Mary was trying to, she was trying to ask because her brain couldn't figure all of it out. There are many times in your life where there's going to be a hard, you're going to have a hard time figuring it all out. But can I just tell you, don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid to ask God to receive different things from him. Don't be afraid to say, Father, would you help me in this situation here? Mary asked a simple question. How will this be since I'm a virgin? The angel then answered her. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. What was the angel saying to Mary? Listen, Mary, listen, you don't have to figure all of it out. Just be willing to receive what God has. Some of you, there are dreams that God has placed inside of your life, and you're, you've been trying to figure them out, and until you have them all figured out, you're not willing to step into that dream. And can I just tell you something? you got to step out in faith. If God placed that dream there, then maybe, just maybe, God actually has all the provision and everything. He's just waiting for you to take the step. He's saying, will you trust me in this moment? Will you trust me that, that, I've, that I've got you? then I'm going to bring you through this season right here. Mary had a moment where she couldn't figure all of it out, but what the angel said to her is, listen, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you, and the power of the Most High is going to overshadow you. Listen, you have nothing to worry about because God is with you. Psalms chapter 5, verse 3, the psalmist says this. He says, in the morning, O Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you, and I wait wait with that expectation. Like there's an expectation in our heart. Like saying, God, like today I'm going to make my request known to you. God, today I, I know you're going to hear my voice. God, I know that you're with me and I'm ready to receive. There's an expectation in my heart that I'm going to receive your blessings in my life. God, I'm, there's an expectation in my heart that I'm going to receive exactly what you have for me today. God, there's an expectation inside of me because I'm not afraid to ask. Come on, start your day with faith. Start your day out in the morning of saying, God, you are, you are the Lord of my life, God. I'm giving you everything this morning. Spend time in soap, scripture, observation, application, and prayer, the way that we engage God's word here. Spend time in it. Spend time in prayer. Spend time listening to worship music. Put it on in your home. You, you would be surprised what would happen. I've had people come up to me and say, Pastor Brian, you always talk about putting worship music on in the home. And I'm telling you, I put worship music on my home, and it changes the environment. Hello. It does. Does that mean you can never listen to anything that's not worship music? No. But you know what plays in our home probably 95% of the time is worship music. And there's good worship music out there. Listen, if you still love Bill Gaither and, and, you know, and the old hymns and all that stuff, then listen to all that. Play that in your home. I'm not saying what type of worship music you have to listen to. Just listen to stuff that's glorifying God. Put yourself in a posture of receiving. Change your posture. Actually, actually in the moments, don't be afraid to ask. Ask the Lord. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7 says this, Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Listen, whatever you're facing, don't be afraid to ask. And the last is this, is stay focused. Stay focused. See, don't be afraid to ask. Change your posture. Be present, but then stay focused. What does it look like for you and I to focus in in life? Now, I'll tell you, this is a hard one for me. Um, 
I have a hard time focusing. Uh, people tell me it's ADD. People tell me, you know, stop claiming it's ADD. I don't know what it is. I just have a hard time focusing, okay? So when there's shiny objects that come around, it's like, ooh, shiny rock. <laughs> See it all the time. I'll be in the middle of a project and something will come up. Boom, oh, oh, right over there. I put music on when I'm doing my messages in the morning just so nothing else distracts me. And I normally put one song on. It's on repeat. It's all instrumental and it just keeps going. And my brain programs in and says, you're going to hear the same thing over and over again. Don't worry. There's no shiny objects. There's no shiny objects. There's no shiny objects. Can I just tell you, stay focused. One of the things that can take you out the quickest is when you're not focused. Now, I'm not saying that I have this all down. Kasha can test, I don't. But here's the thing. I know it's the key. I know that if you want to receive from the Lord, you've got to stay focused. Now, Mary, Mary is, once again, the character we're going to look at in the Christmas story about how she stayed focused. Here's what it says in Luke chapter 2, verse 19. This is after all this stuff has been said to Mary. It says, but Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. What did Mary do? Mary stayed focused. She received some crazy news. Crazy news. But she stayed focused. She pondered them in her heart. She, she, she took them in. She began to process through them. She kept her eyes on the prize. She didn't let other things distract her. Now, she wasn't afraid to ask. So, so what does she do? She goes to Elizabeth, and she's like, Elizabeth. She goes over there to talk with her, and then Elizabeth is with child, which is a miracle in itself. And, and when, when John the Baptist, who's in Elizabeth's belly, um, recognizes that Jesus is on the scene now, leaps in her belly. All these moments are coming. Mary had to do what? Mary had to stay focused. See, don't let the storms distract you. Don't let the challenges come against you. I was listening to Joyce Myers the other day, and uh, I know some of you like her, some of you maybe don't. I, I, I kind of like Joyce Myers. I, she always gives these great little one-liners and stuff like that. And uh, she, she said this. She, uh, Joyce said, um, listen, not every storm is in the forecast. And she said, for a lot of us, we, when a storm isn't in the forecast and we encounter it, we let it derail us from everything. And all of a sudden we become focused on those things rather than staying focused on what God has. Because some of you, you're big time planners. Any, any big time planners out there? Go ahead and raise your hand, come on. And it's like your plans, you've got it all mapped out. You've looked at the forecast for the day. You're like, it's all good. It's not gonna snow tomorrow. We're all fantastic. And then all of a sudden tomorrow comes and the stinking forecaster was wrong. All of a sudden, tomorrow comes and a distraction happens. And what do you do in that moment? You get all bent out of shape. You, you're no longer focused on what you knew was in front of you because you're like, oh, there's, ah, ah. Can I just say, just let it go. 
Let it go, let it go. Don't hold it back anymore. Let it go. Sorry. Let it go. Walk away and shut. Anyway, sorry. Stay focused. Come on, Henley. Focus. Real life example of someone who's not focused right now. Let me read to you uh, this passage here from Philippians. I'm going to read it to you from the message translation. So, uh, but it's found in Philippians chapter 3, verse 15 through 21. And uh, I love the way this, this passage reads because what we're being challenged to do is to stay focused on it. So just listen to this, focus in on this. So, so let's keep focused on that goal. Those of us who want everything God has for us. If any of you have something else in mind, something less than commitment, total commitment, God will clear your blurred vision. You'll see it yet. Now that we're on the right track, let's stay on it. Stick with me, friends. Keep track of those you see running the same course, headed for the same goal. There are many out there taking other paths, choosing other goals, and trying to get you to go along with them. I've warned you of them many times, sadly. I'm having to do it again. All they want is the easy street. They hate Christ's cross. But easy street is a dead-end street. Those who live there make their bellies their gods. Belches are their praise. And all they can think of is their appetites. But there's far more to life for us. We're citizens of high heaven. We're waiting for the arrival of the Savior, the Master, Jesus Christ, who will transform our earthly bodies into glorious bodies like his own. He'll make us beautiful and whole with the same powerful skill by which he is putting everything as it should be under and around him. Listen, what you and I are being challenged to do is to stay the course. Stay focused. You want to receive? Then stay focused. You want to receive? Then don't be afraid to ask. You want to receive? Then change your posture. You want to receive? Then be present. Be present. Even this morning, can I challenge you to be present? You're not here by happenstance. God designed this moment for you to encounter his presence. You're asking questions. You're saying, Lord, what is it that you have for me? Just stay focused. Stay focused. Don't be afraid to ask. Change your posture. Get your hands out of your pocket. Get yourself in a place to receive. Be ready to receive. Be present. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 through 9, I close with this. For by grace, you've been saved through faith. Not something you earned. No, no, no been saved through faith a moment of trusting God a moment of stepping forward listen it's not in your own doing it's a gift it's a gift of God he has a gift for you this morning and it's not a result of works it's not a result of anything that you could somehow muster up go to church enough give enough help other people enough no 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 you have to put yourself in a posture to receive a gift the beauty of it is 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 it's been freely given to you and to me tis the season to receive tis the season for you and I to receive 
the greatest gift that you could ever receive this season will not be found under a tree. It won't be found in a driveway. It has nothing to do with anything here on earth. But yet it has everything to do with everything here on earth. Tis the season. Tis the season. Tis the season to receive. The greatest gift you could receive is the gift of God. The gift of forgiveness. The gift of a changed life. And so today I just want to make sure that you've received that. I know across this room there are many who have received that free gift. But maybe today you find yourself in a place where you haven't fully received that. You haven't received the gift of Christ. We celebrated communion earlier in the gathering, a moment of remembering the sacrifice that Christ paid for us. You have not received that gift yet. Well, listen, today's your day. We've been praying this week that today you would encounter God's presence and that in God's presence, he would begin to speak to your heart in a way where you would say, you know what, I need to receive that very thing. So I'm going to ask you to cross this room if you could bow your heads and close your eyes for a moment. I'm going to pray over you. God, I pray over each and every person here today. God, there are many in this room today who have received the free gift that you've given. And it doesn't mean that we're better than any other person. No, it just means that we've simply received. We've been present in a moment. We've changed our posture. We've even asked some questions. And we've stayed focused. And we've received the gift that you have, forgiveness of sin, a changed life, a brand new home in heaven. So Father, for the many in this room today who have received, I just pray, God, that today would be a day that we would walk in that freedom. Church, I'm going to ask you to do something different this week. And if this week, if you would acknowledge, you'd say, you know what, I remember the moment where I received. I remember the moment where I asked Jesus to come into my heart and into my life. If you remember that moment and it changed your life, and you accepted that free gift, I'm going to ask you real quickly just to raise your hand, just to put your hand up. You remember that moment where you accepted Christ into your life. Now you can go ahead and put your hand down. Maybe today you weren't able to raise your hand, and can I just say there's no shame in that. It's just a moment of you acknowledging that you need that. And so today I know how to pray a real simple prayer with you, that would allow you to be able to next time that question is asked to raise your hand confidently and to know that your life has been completely changed. So I'm going to ask you today, if you find yourself maybe far from Christ, maybe you find yourself today where you haven't received that free gift. Tis the season to receive. And Jesus Christ is madly in love with you. He loves you right where you are. He's not saying, listen, you got you to be all fixed and all put together in order to receive this. No, no, no. He, he takes you just as you are. He's saying, listen, I love you just as you are. And today, you want to be able to pray that prayer with me. You want to be able to raise your hand confidently with others like they did earlier. 
If that's you today, I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm just going to ask you just real quickly just to raise your hand to say, that's me, Pastor Brian. I want to pray that prayer with you. I want to receive that gift. If that's you this morning, would you just raise your hand? I see that hand right there. Come on, someone else. You would just say, that's me. I need to receive that gift today. I see that hand. Come on, someone else. You would say, I I need, this is my moment. I need to receive that gift today. Come on, church. Let's just, together, let's just do this. Let's just pray together and join with those who raised their hand, these two this morning who raised their hand. How awesome is that? Father, we thank you for what you're doing. God, I pray in these next few moments as we pray this prayer together that you would be here in this place in this time. Would you all repeat this after me? Would you say, Jesus, right now, I receive your forgiveness. I'm asking that you would forgive me. I believe that you died on the cross for me, for my sins. So from this moment forward, I receive your love. I put myself in a posture of receiving. It's not anything I could do. I simply receive this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a big clap of praise. Come on.